Okay, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Blockchain Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Chuck Shakuri, and we are going to talk about identity management. I'm going to say hello to my co-host, Brian Engel. Hello, Brian. Hey, how Chuck, are you? how you doing? Good. Nice. Well, did you have a good weekend? Oh, good weekend. I, had, I had a very good weekend. Watched some football on Sunday with some friends, and uh, Saturday, you know, doing the doing the honeydews and uh, getting ready for this, uh, getting ready for fun blockchain stuff. So, yeah, awesome, man. How about you? Good, same thing. Uh, busy researching this topic. And uh, for those of us, those who are listening, we are both blockchain enthusiasts and we started this post podcast to share uh, with each other our interests and what we learn, right? So before we start, I want to remind our listeners that if they want to join the conversation, they just need to add to themselves to the caller queue and then we will invite you to speak. So Brian, today's topic, I did a lot of research. Nice. Yeah. You always do. You know, trying to figure out identity management, and I did. Uh, so I wanted to give my take on this from a technical perspective, right? I love it. You're way more technical than I am. Yeah. Which, so which what I'm thinking was today, right? Uh, when we do a transaction, like whether it is uh, uh, buying an airline ticket. I want to use that example, right? Sure. I have to put in my credit, my bank information, my uh, airline information, my non-traveler identity, all that I have to put in every time I book a ticket. If I have to book 10 tickets, each time I have to put it, right? Sure. And then there is, there is a mechanism that is out there, technical mechanism out there, that the American Airlines website uses to validate my bank information or to validate my known traveler, right? Right. That information, the way it is set up today is very scary. It can be subject to data breaches. It can be subject to compromises, right? I'm trusting American Airlines website and they, they sometimes, I have to give them login as Google. Exactly. I'm using my Google ID to log in, right? Exactly. So I have different information at Google. So this, when I did dug in a lot more uh, in depth into it from first principles perspective, I was fascinated by how much uh, enhancements that are possible, technical enhancements that are possible in blockchain to make it easy. I'd love to hear about it from your side. Yeah. So yeah. that that was one of the things that I did. And then there is also, uh, I looked up about 10 different companies that are doing different things. So I love to talk about those. So what else? I hear about them. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I did a lot of things. A lot of different companies are doing it. Yeah, I obviously came from it from a, uh, a non-technical perspective, more of a... Uh, um, Hey, your, your digital identity and where, uh, you know, what, what's the, what's the benefits over physical identity and, and the differences and why the differences between uh, centralized versus blockchain is decentralized and Hey, what does identity look like today? And what, what's it going to look like in the future with blockchain? And 
growth opportunities and how it's going to make, uh, you know, life easier, um, more smooth, but also, uh, Hey, there's also, uh, downsides as well. So, uh, you know, can't wait to talk about those too. Really? Yeah. I have a, one downside that I thought was little there. So you, know, you mentioned, uh, so social, what are the, some of the things, because I also looked at another interesting place was land registries. Right, mm-hmm. uh, there, there a lot of uh, people are using for land registries and like basically Georgia, uh, Estonia, you know, United Kingdom, United States. There are four countries that like are Georgia actually, the country, huh? The Georgia, the country. Yeah, got it. The government of Georgia. I'm assuming it's a country. No, it is. I just you government yeah. driveway. Sure, you know we got Georgia, the United States. So I wouldn't. Sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Georgia as a country, Estonia, uh, they're actually using blockchain for managing you know, property records, right? Identifying properties, who owns what, all of that as well. Yeah, I saw across those, uh, you know, just what, across the, a few different areas, it seems like real estate is really an area that people are, uh, you know, and, and, and government agencies adopting the, uh, like you said, land grants and, and property rights and things of that sort, really getting on the blockchain with that, uh, with that on that area. Why, why do you think that is? With real estate, when I think about real estate and blockchain, I think I am thinking most of the use cases that I saw there is to manage the transaction. Okay. So they're actually say when I buy a property for like a, buy a house from somebody else, that transaction is managed on blockchain. Right. So a lot of those things are there. But when 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 I came across this particular use case about land registry. It is basically. uh, An identifier for the land that is stored in one place. Yeah, it's highly secure. I mean, exactly. So it is basically like just like I have my own identity of a parcel of land also has an identity. Right. And that identity has changes in ownership and that is tracked in the registry. Right. So this thing came up under the use case of identity management when I was researching the blockchain land registry. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny. You say when you say that, it reminds me of those. uh, I don't know if you've seen those commercials in the past that have the. uh, you know, it's for a life lock, I think, and the, the taking the title, you know, people stealing titles of houses, yeah, yeah, yeah. land and things of that sort. And you need that. So this reminds me of, you know, especially these use cases reminds me of, hey, that's going to basically cut cut that to zero. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to say that people can't get away with something, but, yeah. you know, almost none is if you have it on the blockchain, it can't be changed. It's there forever. Um, yeah. It's highly secure and it's decentralized. So it's uh, it's that's, I think it's a great move. Yeah, I think LifeLock type of use cases are also kind of uh, identity management use cases, right? Basically, they are basically saying anybody who has steals my identity, identity theft, you know what I mean? Right. Or if there are anybody anywhere is impersonating any part of me in, in any transaction, they would catch it and notify me. Right. If somebody's using my credit card or somebody's opening a bank account on my name, uh, you know? 
I, maybe they use my social security, maybe they use my bank account, some piece of my information they use somewhere, LifeLock will catch it, right? I think blockchain might also, might also need those kind of things, you know? Yeah, well, you know, if, if everything is correctly on, I mean, again, not that there's not going to be uh, reasons for lack of security, but it's, it's highly, highly secure. And that's, that's a great thing is, you know, as long as you keep your wallet intact and it's yours, um, mm -hmm. that nobody hacks it, there's, there's zero chance that they could get your information. So, so when, when another thing that I found like today, uh, if I, when I go to some websites, right. And then they say login or create a, create a login or login using Facebook, login using Google, login using whatever, right. When I use Google to log into some site, let's say draw.io. Now Google knows that I'm using these other sites. Right? And then Google has whatever information that Google shares to these sites. Do we always have control over that? We don't have that control, right? Google decides or those guys decide. Yeah, they decide how you know, who they sell your information to and how it gets used and how it's distributed. And, and, uh, I mean, even though they say it's going to be raised or not used, I mean, do we really, at this point, do we really trust these companies? No. So, no. I, so, so, no. so right now, this is becoming a very big problem, particularly if you have like identities across multiple, uh, providers, right? Things like voting becomes, I, then I can vote twice, right? One with my uh, Google ID or one with my Facebook ID. <laughs> right? So how do they know my Facebook ID and my Google ID is the same person? How does anybody know? Right. 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 So I, th I think blockchain will resolve a lot of those kind of issues I, I think it's but do you really want them all linked that way well i guess my question to you is is why why wouldn't you want to be in charge of your information that's basically hack proof unless somebody no i want it <laughs> but then i have dual identities right I, like if i doing something on facebook and i don't want my employers to know what if I have a different ID on Facebook or on Twitter, or maybe I'm tweeting politically in not so good. Hey, <laughs> hey. And, and then, then I don't want to get canceled. You know what I mean? Right. So if you, if they're all linked, isn't that kind of bad thing though? No, I think it's a, uh, it's again, goes back to, do, do you want, let, let me ask this question. And that's, that's a, that's a bigger question. Do you want people to be able to have quote fake fake personas or fake identities? Why, like, why would it be? Yeah, fake? so you're not really you if you're if you're quote tweeting out stuff that you know, hey, you don't want to share with other people, but you want you know your personal stuff. Well, they can. There's things now they can track. It's not you know, hey, it's not uh, 
mutually exclusive that, you know, hey, you're a fake, a, a fake account, um, or even, you know, hey, even if you put your name on it, it might not even be you. Uh, but there's there's things now that people can track your identity and understand like, oh, hey, your your footprints through the web create a track of what you usually do. And so if somebody really wanted to track you, they, they can track you with whatever you want to do. Right now, it's do they want to. Right. Do we need to track Chuck? Do we need to do that? Probably not. He's not a he's not a threat. and He's not a. You know, hey, he's not a political dissident or, or whatever. We we like Chuck. He's he's fine. He's not a he's not a bank robber. Um, so no, you you just said something very interesting that made me think blockchain is really good because if somebody is tweeting bad shit with my name on it, mm -hmm. what is my recourse? Saying it's not not me. Right. Uh, well, then, right. You have to report something and then hope that the entity that you report it to says, hey, OK, that isn't him and, and take him off or or get rid of it. But maybe damage is already done or maybe they don't. They say, hey, well, you can't make. No, but I think with blockchain, I'll be able to prove it. Right. If all my identities are on blockchain. Correct. Exactly. Right. Eventually. So we're talking years down the road. Yes, that's something that's that's definitely a ways in the future, but I believe that's the way things are going where everything's going to be on a, you are going to be able to, um, you are going to have to um, prove who you are and it's going to be highly secure on a blockchain. Yeah. I think, I think I, I'm beginning to think it's like transparency is always better than lack of transparency because lack of transparency, you may think you can get away with something, but actually you can get into more trouble by bad people if there's no transparency. Right. I mean, and, uh, you know, I think, I think too, there's always a, right. There's always a downside as well um, to, you know, a quote, full transparency or, or people, they will, or people be able to look at, you know, your identity. Sometimes you don't want people to know where you're traveling or, or you don't want people to say like, Oh, he's taken, you know, 17 trips this year to Europe. Um, Cause Hey, what happens if, you know, hey, for instance, up in Canada over over um, COVID, right? So Trudeau is basically, act, you know, he acted like a, a dictator in a lot of cases and said, hey, if you don't agree, basically, if you don't agree with what I say, I'm shutting down your bank account. We're, we're seizing your funds. You can't do anything. If I don't like your political stance, we're going to, you know, whatever you say, uh, we're shutting you down. You can't do anything. So, you know, hey, that's one one thing is, you know, we get a, we got all our information on a blockchain and, and uh, you know, they can track our health compliance and they can track our, you know, hey, our CO2 footprint across. And it, it's, uh, it, it does show that we can. Now, can they track you now? I mean, sure, they can. Um, but, you know, that's, that's always, there's always downsides to, you know, hey, full transparency. But they can, they, they can only track that they can see that, let's say, my data is on blockchain. Everybody will be able to see how many times I went to the doctor, but they won't be able to see what I got there. Right? Because they don't know why I went there. Well, first thing, they don't know it's you that went there. They know that your number went there, whoever that number is. You're not a person. They can't go Chuck. That's Chuck there. They can say, Wallet 6749737ZQR went to the doctor. 
or went to Europe or went to this. They may not even know that's a doctor, right? They, they may right. did this, right? Did this transaction, right? Yeah. Um, whoever you give your allow your information to go to, right? So if you travel, you're gonna have to give governments your information to travel, right? In a hotel and all that stuff. So you know, a, a government can track you. Um, again, some people don't care. I think I think as we get, you know, hey, we're I'm old, right? I'm 50, and I, you know, you're a young man. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're, we're old funny duddies, I guess, but these old, you know, my daughter's 14 and, you know, they, all they, all she knows is online and that's, you know, quote, a safe space to share information almost. Right. So it's, it's a complete different mindset in the next 20 years of what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's why this identity management is so interesting of what's changing and what's out there and hey, that you the technology behind it. I'm always, you know, interested to hear your takes on the technology behind it. Um, so it's, it's really interesting on where this is going, not only for, you know, humans as humans, but also for companies as well. So entities, um, the, there's a lot of different places they could be verified, but a lot of times it's very costly for a company to get verified and time consuming and it's different platforms and different information. There's no one, place that, hey, this company is verified for this, this, and this, or hey, we can track this supply chain company tracking their, they say they're sustainable, they have a sustainable fruit or sustainable, whatever you want to do. Um, this is how it's tracked. This is how it's done. Yes, they do it. This is, it's verified, 100% verified. Now you really can't, I mean, it's not really, tra it's, you know, it's not no, traceable because you can. You're absolutely right though, right? Because right now, a lot of the background checks, right? If I say I have a master's in so-and-so, right. so an employer, they have to call, even though I give them a certificate or a mm -hmm. copy or a original I show them, they still have to call the university to find out if I went to their character at the correct right. right? That whole process of verifying the legitimacy about me being a student Right, that's my role as a student at a mm -hmm. university. That can be speeded up tremendously with blockchain. And I know a couple of companies, particularly, let me look it up. This one company, uh, Evernym, E V E E V E R N Y M. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a company that does uh, credential verification. Okay. Right. They're working with a lot of companies. Particularly, I think, uh, I mean, it's kind of right now it's automated, uh, centralized because, but then they charge a lot of money, right? Right now, when my son was applying for schools, right, he has to submit PSAT scores. Okay. To different schools. Right. Right. And those PSAT schools scores are also verified. Right. And right. then there's a cost of verification through however they do it. Mm -hmm. And he has to pay a fees for each of that verification. Mm -hmm. Right? So they don't send out their scores to a lot of schools because they want to control the cost of that. So wouldn't this be, wouldn't this, I mean, this is a great use case, in my opinion, for your personal identity, all your information to be at your control on a blockchain where you control it. And if you want, so once you get your, what is that? What a, P yeah, PS, whatever you know, whatever score it is, whether it's ACT, SAT, whatever it is, that's yeah. your score, that's your information. So you have it completely verified. 
and you can send it to whoever you want, cost for zero. They say, okay, we need to see that you took this class and this class, we need to verify your grades, we need that. You have all that information. You decide that, oh, hey, I'm gonna send that information to Alabama. Oh, uh, USC doesn't need this other information, so I'm only gonna send them this verification. And yes. I'm only gonna send this to this company, this place. That's in yeah. your hands. That's what I love about blockchains. You as the person get to decide how you disseminate your information. Exactly. So, so, so credential verification is a big deal. And then there is another company. Uh, I looked at about 10 these companies and the, amazingly, they're all like slightly different. Mm -hmm. uh, Peer Mountain, right? Okay. is an identity verification company. What they do is what Google does today. Let's say if I want to join to some blog site, right? right. And they want me to log in. They will say, use my login, my Google login, right? And then they, they verify my person through Google, right? So Google is giving me my identity to login. So right. I always use my Google email to log into that blog site or medium or whatever, right? So Pierre Mountain does that. That is what is identity verification, right? So they right. do a lot of that. And then there is another interesting company called humanity.com. Okay. Who is that? Humanity.co. Okay. Right. What they do is they let you control different parts of your information. Okay. And only share parts of it to whoever you need to share. Hmm. Right. So you as a person, brands has like say hundred attributes from social security number to different credit cards to friends, number of friends, or, you know, mm -hmm. who is your family, who is your dad, mom, whatever, all that information about you, right? Yep. You want to control who can get that about you, right? So that is that company. They help you do that. So they can, basically, it's a data contract. So you're saying, this is my data. I give this to you for this period of time. Right. Right. So that's how they're implementing privacy. Okay, hmm. and then uh, uh, another uh, company called Civic. What they're doing is, let's say you're playing a game, or you're not a game, but maybe you realize, but you fake or real or for whatever, you have a profile, right. right? So on LinkedIn you have a certain profile, right? On Facebook you may have a, one profile. On Tinder you may have one profile, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they're not all the same. Right. Right. So when you have all these profiles in different sites, they, and you want to control that. They don't want them selling it further. Right. Mm -hmm. You can putting a lot of information. So that profile, these people control it. So they, they help you manage those profiles. Right. On a blockchain. Yep. Right. So instead of, let's say I'm on Tinder and I have a profile, but instead of putting my profile on Tinder for everybody to see and Tinder to use it, mm -hmm. it will only be shown to people who are interested in me, maybe. Not for everybody. Right. Because I don't give my whole profile for searching. Right. I may want to give few keywords to search me. Sure. And then if you're interested, then I show you my profile. Right. Maybe I say, I'll only show you my profile if you show me your profile. I don't <laughs> right. know. <laughs> yep. Right. 
So that those civic company helps you manage profiles. Right. You know, and then there is another company called KYP, KEYP.io. Okay. So they are basically a, a single sign-on. So once you log into KIP, then you don't have to sign into all these other sites. So they will help all these other applications to see your, your you. Right? They kind of give you a token so that you can log into different sites. Right. All transparently. So that's another uh, interesting... These are all startups, by the way. And they all have customers. And they're all doing something for the last three, four years. Just are they all, are they all building out their own blockchains? What, what are they doing? As they are doing in different blockchains. They are available on different blockchains. They do some of them do cross chain, but these applications are already there out there. Mm -hmm. And so people are using some, let's say you are in Ethereum and then let's say it's like this, right? I have an app. I put it on Apple and I put it on Android. Mm -hmm. I put it on Linux. I put it on Windows. So nobody, no matter where you are, you can use my app. So they are like that. Oh, cool. So if you're in Ethereum, you can use it on Ethereum. If you're on some of something else, you can use it there. Right? Because there are versions of it on every platform. Right? Nice. Yeah. They, some of them have four, some of them 15. They're not all in all of them, but you know. Right. To some extent, they are there. And then there is another uh, open source project uh, called Metadium. What it is, is basically a separate blockchain just for managing identities. Hmm. So if I have a, if I'm building an app on one blockchain or a private blockchain, I don't need to put identity on top of the same blockchain. I can put an identity on a separate blockchain next to it. Huh. And okay. use, it to, use it to manage identities. Right? So MetaDM kind of does that. And then That's there is... Right. No, I just said that was neat. That's neat. Yeah, I know. I love hearing those use cases. Yes, they're all slightly different around the identity. And then there is this uh, Trusty. It's an Israeli identity management system. But that is pretty much uh, helps me manage my IDs on different blockchains. Like it's a cross chain. So if I am I have an ID on the Solana and I have an ID on Ethereum. I have an ID on Binance Network mm -hmm. and I have an ID on Bitcoin, right? Right now, that is usually done through some central exchange where I can connect to all of these things. But what if it's an app that is on different networks and I need to manage my identity across all chains? Right. Right. So this trustee is a, is a solution for that. Hmm. Right. They they help identity management for cross-chain. If I'm transacting from one chain to another, and you also have another two accounts because this is one sells wheat, this one sells gold, right? And you want to buy wheat and exchange of gold, how do you do that? Right. <laughs> because I and then I'm on both accounts and you're on both accounts. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean it can get complicated very fast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so the trustee is kind of doing that. And then uh, another Finnish credit card company. It is also doing like, a, basically what they're doing is uh, 
they're a credit card company, but to give credit cards, right? They have to do your verification, eligibility, your bank account, all of those things. Right. They have credit worthiness. So they're already looking at some official documents. Okay. Mm -hmm. And once they look at official documents and they create an ID, now other people can, then they sell that identity. Oh, this is Brian. So then they can trust him. Right. So it's a credit card company that is into identity business because they are, they have the ability to authorize and identify social, validate social security number and all of those things. Hmm. Right. And then no, that, that makes, yeah, I love you. Cause the, the big one I was, I was really looking at that was, uh -huh. uh, um, a, a partnership with Accenture and, and the world economic forum. What are uh, they doing? They want, uh, the projection is by by 2030, international travel is going to go up by over 50%. So at least 50% increase. So that's almost 2 billion passengers, I believe, that's going to be traveling um, mm -hmm. for in a single year around the world. Um, and so, number one, to free up, you know, hey, kind of the, what they want to do is, right, to free up uh, security resources. You, you can't have you know physical security people mm -hmm. focusing on the good people when the bad guys are out there you want to free up them as much as possible um you want you know like, hey a fast and seamless user experience um you want to get people through airports and through hotels and to hotels um as fast as fast and secure as possible without um without inhibiting your national security right so what they're doing, what Canada and the Netherlands have done is team up. They're, they're on board with this pilot project. It's been happening since 2018, and the pandemic slowed it down a little, but it's uh, kind of kicked off over the last couple of years. But Air Canada is involved, KLM, Royal Dutch Airlines, a few, uh, few hotels are involved as well. Um, but what you do is you get – you have your government-issued uh, information – all on a app, right? So it's it's on the, it's on a blockchain. It's on their it's on a private blockchain. And what they do is um, you download all your information. It's all verified. All your whether it's credit card information, it's your social security numbers, your um, your passport information. And once that's verified, you can skip customs, you just walk right through. Uh, you can use face recognition to check in to your hotel before you even get to the hotel and get your key. Um, mm -hmm. It's verified. Um, you go right to your room. And I, actually, I think there's stuff like that now um, with with other places. So they're doing that with uh, IBM is doing, Accenture is doing with- so Accenture is doing that. Yeah, Accenture is, do, is partnering with these companies. Um, to, to make the process easier and, and have all your information in one place. And again, you know, as I mentioned, some of the downsides they, they can, you know, they can track your health compliance and track your CO2 footprint and, mm -hmm. and that stuff as well. Um, but it does make it, you know, traveling is going to make it a ton easier and right? it's going to make it a ton of, uh, more fun. Frankly, it's, it's terrible to stand in lines for hours and terrible to, to be part of that nonsense. Um, especially when travel is going to go way up. And it's not going to get any, not going to get any easier to travel. And I think this is, this is a way if, if it proves out, right. So it's still in the very pilot, fa uh, pilot phase. If it's a, 
if it proves successful, this is something that we can all expect to see here coming in the coming years. Oh, that makes sense. That's that's really cool. This reminds me actually. You know, I have another friend of mine. Um, he he's doing a project where, let's say, uh, I I go to a telehealth, right? I go on a website and I say, this doctor is MD, board certified, and all of that. Right. But then when I call, you show up. <laughs> How do I know? Is this right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that is that is a big problem. I sure. For sure. Right now, there is a. So he was telling me that there is a lot of fraud in telehealth. You know, huh. if you, I don't know, if you saw that a few years ago uh, in IT recruitment, this was happening. Right, they were like impersonating telephone interviews. Well, yeah, that was just pure. That was flat out fraud. Is where they would have somebody else. It would, you know, I'd have uh, you know say that Sam Smith is interviewing, but you actually interview for him, and yeah. uh, you obviously get the job because you're highly smart and technical. And the yeah. other guy goes in, and he's just an idiot. Yes, yeah, yeah. that happened, that happened quite Correct. a bit, right? Yes, happened quite a bit. Uh, yeah. So now the same thing is happening in telehealth. Makes sense. I mean, uh, not surprising right. at all. Not surprising at all. Yeah, particularly in COVID, uh, there were so many people. I'm looking for Doctor So and So. Yeah, yeah, this is Doctor So and So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? What's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> right, and then they're billing more hours than they're spending. So anyway, right. so this solution is they are doing the biometrics, right? A fingerprint or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're that doctor and you put your finger, the system tells you this is the doctor, instead of oh. you telling me I'm the doctor so and so. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, that or uh, yeah, face recognition or something, some type yeah. of. Then you know yeah. the doctor you're talking to, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've I've been on telehealth calls and you don't know unless you know the doctor. You don't know. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I, I, Jason is my doctor, so I go to. I didn't even think about that because you know my first it's funny. So uh, it's our system of trust. So this is identity management, right? It's about trust. And uh, how can, you know, how can you get the most trust? And that's, uh, we tend to just, if you, if you're wearing a white coat and you say you're a doctor, I'm probably going to trust you, you know, Hey, you're a doctor. Um, So with no questions asked. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, verifiable information is, is uh, very big. And that's, what's a great thing about blockchain. It's it's all auditable. It's all verifiable. And then I just want to wrap up with two other companies yeah. that are doing something very interesting stuff. You know, banks have a requirement for AML that whoever they do business, they have to have a detailed information on KYC, they call. Know yep. your customer. Know your, know your company. Yep. Yeah. Know your customer, know your company. Yep. What. So that is a big compliance issue, right? Because if a bank says, I gave this account also and so owns it, and to prove that they own it, right, they have to maintain all of that information. Right. Right. And what they're doing. So there is this company called Fractal, a German based blockchain. They provide KYC services for banks and other financial institutions. Hmm. So they're just purely focused on, you know, uh, KYC for banks. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, it's interesting you say that um, it brought up that example is 
is uh, when we think of identity, we tend to think of people, right? We think of humans and identity. Well, you know, hey, every company um, has an identity as well. Yep. And um, they have, you know, hey, there's, Theirs is not as, I mean, we may think ours is pretty complicated, but hey, companies are not streamlined at all. And they're very costly um, to identify themselves. Yeah. And, and uh, a lot of times they're, you know, nothing's cohesive and each one has a little something different. And yep. so, you know, the, a company like, uh, what is it, Fractal, you said? Yeah, they're, they, they could be, uh, that's like an excellent thing is, hey, they're verified and they're trusted. So that's, that's yeah. great. So that's, uh, that's another startup. Uh, that is getting traction. And then there is another interesting thing uh, that I found was edge, right? I think if I have, uh, you know, we, with the SPF and all of that, we know what happens to custodial accounts, right? <laughs> they can right. use your keys, not your keys, not your, you know? Right. And particularly if you have uh, keys across multiple chains and stuff like that, right? They can help you with this non-custodial login. Yep. No? So that is also, okay. these are like, uh, I only looked at 10, there are so many, but the reason I picked these 10 is like, they're slightly different from each other, all in the identity management space. And that was, uh, I was kind of blown away, you know, when yeah. I thought that so many nuanced use cases just in identity management. Yeah, no, I think it's so close. I mean, it was, I think that was, uh, you know, great topic. This this topic was great right after talking about security last week. Um, just, I mean, it flowed right in. To, I mean, because, hey, this is, it, it needs to be highly secure. And, and why is, why is a move from centralized to decentralized? Why does that make sense? And um, yeah, it just is, uh, it's just, it's very interesting and, and it's a, a, a great subject. Yeah. You know, one, one thing that I, uh, learned about this, this blockchain, like what we talked about is fantastic for all these different use cases and scenarios, right? Hey, let's see, somebody wants to come in. Oh, they went away. That's fine. Uh, one thing that I found, and it's getting interesting, let's say you give permission to your data to somebody, mm -hmm. right? The way you're doing it is basically uh, allowing them to see your data. Right. But there is no, because blockchain is immutable, because once it's very difficult to revoke that permission. Right. So if you, if you want to revoke somebody's permission, that is not as easy. Well, now it's basically impossible, right? Now it's impossible. If I give you information, if I, if I give an insurance company my information, and they say, oh, it goes away in 30 days. How do I really know it goes away in 30 days? No, when I, you know, let's say, no, there is, there is, it is possible today because they can revoke you from getting to your information. <laughs> oh, that's right. But how do I know that they can prevent you from getting rid right? of money? So the way, because it's centrally controlled, right? If I have uh, a YouTube video on my name that is bad, I can go to, YouTube and say, hey, this is bad and kill it from, give, I don't want to give you permission, they can remove it, right? Because it's modifiable. But in blockchain, you cannot, revoking permissions is a lot harder, right? So 
See, I, I'm a, I'm, I believe it's the opposite way. I believe that. No, no, no. no. That's you, what I, there is an article I read. Uh, sharing, you can, you can control sharing is different than revoking permission. Okay. I, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. listening. I'm interested in that. That's something that I'm interested in because, because that's a whole thing of having your identity is you can share it with who you want for how long yeah. you want, basically. Right. How long is little tricky? Okay. Uh, the reason is the length is not controlled. It's once you share it, it's an immutable system, right? So there are some uh, interesting research that is going on called revocable permissions. Okay. Right. And they are need to be implemented in systems for being able to do that. Let's say the reason that is difficult is if I say Brian can see my data. Right. And now Brian can see my data. Right. Now to stop Brian from seeing my data, I have to send my data through some like some contract, some smart contract. So oh, there is a smart contract that is now saying Brian can see checks data, Brian can see checks data. So as long as that smart contract is when you see it, you'll see it. Then I have to tell that smart contract, don't let Brian see my data anymore. Hmm. Okay. Makes sense. But yeah, then, that's something then, I wouldn't think of, right? Yeah. So that smart contract code is where the permission, they're writing some generic uh, smart contracts that manage those permissions and revoke those permissions. Right. So basically, uh, once I give you access to some place that I have data, you know, the only reason you have access is I'm giving you access is you know, that is original. That is the certificate that was given to my university or something. That way, you know, I didn't tamper with it. You know what I mean? Yes. No, I think that's, uh, you know, uh, again, revocable permissions, permission for your identity, that, that's going to come in big for uh, healthcare, right? So, yes, especially if you change doc, you don't obviously don't want them seeing your information anymore. Yes. So that's interesting. That's I wrote that down. It's very interesting that that uh, excellent, uh, excellent area I'd like to explore a little more. Thanks. Yeah. So revocable permission is something that need to be implemented in the smart contract. Okay that is allowing you to give permissions, you know? So that's pretty good. I think that's all I had, what I learned from about this one. And I'm still, there's so much more to learn. Oh yeah, that's just tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know, hey, we got, we have Shiva here, our seven, seven time listener, which is fantastic. Thanks for being here, Shiva, the whole time. I, he probably wants to say something. Hey, Shiva. This is a good uh, start conversation exploring the new benefits of the blockchain. It's been oh. place also that's sort of adding to the point of uh, identity. Like most of the system where we log in, either we log in through some their website or device. So all our uh, logins are stored in centrally. So anybody can hacker can come in and hack in like, hack the system and all the personal information is lost. Yes. Yeah. Blockchain has a very beautiful uh, technology and the way it can, uh, every transaction is uh, tied to the user and that's stored in a cryptography form. So no, and also not in one system, it's a whole entire network. 
Exactly. So that makes a very highly secure this blockchain. So this need to be explored and used in so many other systems because the centralized storing of uh, security is st- that's a uh, high vulnerable going. No, no. Yeah. That, that definitely is a valid point for storing identity data on a blockchain so that it can be hacked. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's such a good point. Any suggestions for next week's uh, topics, uh, Brian? Nope. <laughs> Whatever what you want. You, what, do you, what do you want to talk about next week? We, I, let me, let me. We can think about that. But I, I enjoyed that. I've, I've, I've certainly enjoyed the last two a lot. So, you know, security and now we're at identity management. So, you know, keep it on a roll. I've really enjoyed these. Again, I just love this stuff and I love exploring and I love talking and you're the technical guy. So I love hearing the technical aspects and put me in my place. I enjoy that. So um, tell me, hey, what, what needs to be done? So I, I like that. So, you know, let's keep it going. Awesome. Anyways, uh, let's, uh, we've been past uh, 40 minutes. So let's call it a day and uh, awesome. Week. Well, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate it. And Shiva, thank, thank you. you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Shiva.